Hey, everyone. So I'm here with Dr. Natalie Bublitz. Hey. So, Dr. Bublitz, I asked you if I prepped you in any way before asking you about to bombard you with this one question. You gave me some coffee this morning. Yes, coffee is very, very necessary. And you didn't like it. <laughs> All right, so quick question. So, not a trick question, just being very straightforward. Is there any kind of cough medicine that can actually make you happier? Not to my knowledge. Not to your knowledge. I mean, why would that be a thing, right? Cough medicine doesn't make you happier. You can abuse dextromorphan and take boxes of it at a time, but it's not recommended. Okay, so wait a minute. So now that's interesting because you said something that is actually now FDA approved for depression. So did you know that dextromorphan is an antidepressant? I did not. Okay, so yes. Now, cough syrup is what you're talking about. Sometimes it can be with an abuse if it's got a coding derivative. But dextromethorphan is actually now FDA approved in combination with another product. And I'm going to tell you what that is. That's the whole purpose of this episode for antidepressive use. So odd. I'm going to tell you the science because it's legit and it's nothing new. It's been around for about 10 years. But dextromethorphan, the original cough suppressant, is actually an antidepressant. What do you think about that? That's pretty interesting. For sure. So all of this came about because yesterday I got three Facebook message questions from somewhere else in the country, right? Because we did something on Zoranolone, the new medication for postpartum depression. And the benefit of Zoranolone is that patients felt quickly like in three days. And they said, oh, that's so great. Unfortunately, it's just not out for, for major depressive disorder. It's only for postpartum use. And there's reasons for that. You can go back and listen to that episode, Dr. Bublitz. But, but I responded back, well, wait a minute. You don't have to wait like two to three weeks like a typical antidepressant because there is another medicine that's already approved that works in about two to three days, even faster than Zoranol. And it is for major depressive. So is that news to you? Yes. All right. So we're going to talk about the indication of a cough syrup for antidepression, not for abuse, because that's on the coding side. But yes, you hit the word correctly without any prompting. Dexamethorphan is actually an antidepressant that happens to be a cough suppressant. So let's get into that data today. Medicine moves real fast. We're here to help us all keep up the pace. This is Clinical Pearls. Hello, Jenna. Hi, Trapa. Hey, Jenna. Um, have you ever heard of dextromethorphan being used as an antidepressant? It's crickets. She's thinking. <laughs> <laughs> is that a yes or no? <laughs> yes. I've heard of it. Okay. Okay, great. You see, this is why this is super important. So, hello, Ellie. Hello. So, is dextromethorphan an FDA-approved antidepressant? Not to my knowledge. All right. So, let's stop here for a minute. Besides that awkward, weird silence from Jenna <laughs> uh, that said, yes, I think so. And then uh, we have Ellie who's like, not to my knowledge. So, this is exactly why we're doing this. Because as Dr. Bublitz, our, our resident, said, you know, I, I, I know people have abused kind of uh, dextromethorphan, but I don't know if it's really an antidepressant. This is why we're doing this episode because it's been out for a year. So how interesting is this that a cough suppressant can be totally used appropriately? Don't go self-medicate, y'all. I'm going to explain to you why there's problem, problems with that. But dextromethorphan is absolutely an FDA-approved antidepressant. We're going to talk about it in this episode. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? 
That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Okay, let's see how many different locations I can be in to tape this darn episode. I started out in our procedure clinic in between patients. That's where I captured Dr. Bublitz. Uh, she's just doing a fantastic job. I, I love working with all of our residents, but it's so much easier when... Well, they just know their stuff, isn't it? Just so much better. <laughs> but anyway, the, all our residents are great. Me and Dr. Bublitz knocked out some stuff today. Um, and so now I'm at the hospital because we have our mandatory obstetrical simulation, which is part of our accreditation, of course. So look, I do simulations for our students. We do it, of course, for our residents. And I tell them, hey, I'm treating you the exact same way that I get treated because I'm expected to do simulations. So we do that to maintain our, our level designation for maternity care. So I've got a simulation in 30 minutes. I do not think that I'm going to finish this episode in 30 minutes because I'm already yapping and haven't even gotten to the content. But anyway, just letting you know that if you hear the typical background sound that I've said many times before that my team actually hates, it's because I'm in yet a separate location for this. But back to our topic. So is that not interesting or what? Just in that lead-in in the intro, that dextromethorphan, as in Robitussin DM, the DM part is dextromethorphan, the cough suppressant. Uh, there is great evidence that that has CNS activity. So if your first thought is, why are we talking about this? This is a women's healthcare podcast. Absolutely right. Well, who is more likely to be diagnosed or seek care for depression? It's women. And and again, remember, the, the whole reason I'm talking about this is because, again, I received three different uh, messages on our Facebook page for our podcast that said, man, it's just too bad that um, he, that the medication for uh, peripartum depression is just not indicated right now for major depressive disorder because I love the idea that it works fast. And this is where this, this got me thinking. I'm like, you know, but but I guess this hasn't really gotten out. We don't have the word out that there is a really an ultra fast acting oral antidepressant, which is indicated for unipolar depression and even for bipolar depression. Uh, and it was approved uh, for depression in, in in 2022, last year. So then I thought, yeah, we, we got to cover that. And this absolutely relates to women's health because, again, uh, depression, whether they seek it, it, seek care for that as an indication by itself or for some other condition like chronic pelvic pain, we've got to be aware of what's out there. Now, I'll tell you what combination dextromethorphan is with in just a minute. Um, but something that Dr. Bublitz said that Natalie said in our intro, uh, I, I want to clarify because she said, oh, some people kind of abuse some cough syrups and some cough medicines. Absolutely. Especially those that have codeine in them, right? That's obvious, right? Because it's the opioid in it. But dextromethorphan, she hits something that, that is actually why it's being looked at and has science uh, behind it that it's an antidepressant because dextromethorphan uh, in the right concentration, not overdosing amount, right? Don't overdo it, but in the right concentration at the right dose, uh, absolutely has some antidepressant properties that are valid. And we've known about it for about 10 years. But again, this medication was just approved last year. 
Okay, uh, so I think it's really interesting. That's just kind of setting the stage here. When we come back, let me just set the stage a little bit further uh, about the chemistry of dextromethorphan and how it works. Because oddly enough, for the last 10 years, it's actually been approved for a, a kind of a weird condition that is uh, very sad. Okay, it's actually approved uh, for pseudobulbar affect. You don't know what that is? I'm going to tell you because it's actually pseudobulbar affect is actually reflected in a uh, movie villain that is very popular and very sinister and very dark. But that's actually what people are saying. I think this character kind of exemplifies pseudo-bulbar affect. I'll explain what that is coming up next. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Isn't that weird how one medication can then be figured out to have another use? I mean, we do that a lot, don't we? I mean, we use medications both on-label and off-label for a variety of different indications than what they were originally designed to do. And that's exactly the case with dextromethorphan or DM. I mean, that thing was first FDA-approved, guys, listen to this, 1958. And I'm very happy to say that your boy here was not born that time. All right, how old do you think I am? My goodness. So dexamethorphan was first FDA approved in 1958 as what we now know it as a cough suppressant. And it is the most common type of medication ingredient in all cough medications today. All right, that's been over 50 years. So dexamethorphan goes back to 1958. And then in 2010, the FDA approved dexamethorphan, that same cough suppressant for pseudobulbar affect in combination with another medication called quinidine, right? So you're like, what is pseudobulbar affect? Well, the easiest way I can explain this is that if you all saw um, the movie The Joker, right, which was so well done, this last movie um, with Joaquin Phoenix. Is that his name? Yeah, right, Joaquin Phoenix. Uh, Holy moly. I mean, it is wild. But that's what pseudobulbar affect is. Typically, it's after some kind of head trauma uh, or after some kind of tumor uh, that that leads to this altered firing. But pseudobulbar affect uh, is, is is a... psychological condition that's marred, that's that's hallmark, are these bouts of weird inappropriate laughter, do y'all get that, and crying spells that do not fit the clinical context. That's pseudobulbar affect, right? Now, uh, I'm not a psychiatrist. I'm not in behavioral health, although I know quite a bit about it, both from personal uh, background, thank you very much, uh, and just by knowing this because I take care of of women's uh, women's healthcare. Uh, I'm involved in women's healthcare, and this is a big part of what we do. So uh, quinidine and dextromethorphan, the cough suppressant, is FDA-approved for pseudobulbar affect. Is that wild or what? So like, well, how does a cough suppressant have to do with that at the CNS level? And, and the truth is there's a variety of different ways that this cough suppressant works at the brain level, at the CNS. And it, it actually has a lot of similarities to another compound that works very quickly. Remember we said in the 
intro that this new combination of antidepressant uh, works fast. We're talking like one to two days and they're like already feeling better. Is that crazy or what? Normally, like with an SSRI, it takes what? One to two weeks and then I think I'm a little bit better. Wait for three weeks. It takes forever. And I'm not trying to diss, you know, SSRIs. I'm just saying that there's definitely faster acting agents now. Um, because this has very similar activity at the brain level to ketamine. How about that? Remember, ketamine works quickly. We're talking within minutes. So while dextromethorphan probably doesn't work that fast, it definitely works, starts to work within 24 uh, and definitely by 48 hours. Super, super fast. Dextromethorphan is actually somewhat structurally related to alkaloid opioids. But hold on a minute, don't freak out because I mean, I mean I'm, I'm definitely not trying to push an opioid type product at all. And this is not sponsored by this medication that we're going to address here in just a minute. Uh, but while it is structurally similar to opioids, here's the benefit, okay? It does not interact with the mu receptor. So it's, it's not a true opioid, but it looks like it, all right? And, and that's the reason likely that it works as a cough suppressant. Remember that codeine is a great cough suppressant. Suppressant uh, because it helps uh, prevent that cough reflex. All right. Now, the main mechanism of action of how dextromethorphan actually works to suppress cough is not completely figured out yet. But the prevailing theory is that it works uh, within the CNS at the nucleus tractus solitarius. Hey, there you go. How about that? Y'all didn't think I remembered that. You got to go back and look that up. But that actually is the part uh, that works together with the pulmonary vagal afferents uh, to trigger a cough, all right? So DM, dextromethorphan, likely works on the nucleus tractus solitaris, but that's for the cough reflex. And this also works, obviously, through brainstem intervention, uh, innervation uh, to reduce the gait uh, channel reflex for coughing. Is that wild or what? So dextromethorphan definitely has some side of action within the CNS itself. Now, it also works in, in a bunch of different ways that got the original attention back in about 2010, 2011, that this really should be investigated for, for mood disturbances because outside of its effect on, on the cough reflex, dextromethorphan also works, here it is, guys, here's a big clinical pearl, on the NMDA receptors. Y'all get that? That's the same stuff. That's the same area in the brain that ketamine works on. So yeah, so dexamethorphan does work on NMDA receptors as a non-competitive antagonist. And it's this response, it's this area of the brain that's responsible for mood effect. How about that? This also has some other uh, mechanisms tied in here and some of the other things that are known, not theorized, we know that dextromethorphan does this, is that it's also a serotonin transporter inhibitor. In other words, it keeps serotonin at the synaptic site. Isn't that crazy or what? Almost like an SSRI. It's also a norepi transporter inhibitor. It's also a nicotinic receptor antagonist and a sigma-1 receptor agonist. So it's got agonist and antagonistic properties, and it also is involved with serotonin and norepi. Y'all, we're talking about the cough suppressant, dextromethorphan. Now, that should freak you out. How about that? We've been using this thing to prevent cough, and the truth is this works in the same channels as SSRIs, as Wellbutrin, 
because of the norepi effect. Uh, and it also works quickly to open up and, and regulate those channels at the speed of ketamine. All right, because this is not a traditional gynecology podcast, I just kind of want to get right to it. Plus, I don't want to miss my simulation. So let me tell you what medication was approved last year in 2022 that uses dextromethorphan. Now, remember, for pseudobobar affect, that was back in 2010. Uh, and then we, they started figuring out, hey, not only does it control that condition, but these patients are actually a little bit happier. I mean, so let's, let's investigate this even more. Well, all to say now in 2022, dextromethorphan and bupropion. So yeah, DM and basically Wellbutrin are now packaged together for the treatment of depression. Okay, and that medication is Ovelity. Now, it's not sponsored. Again, that, uh, Ovelity does not sponsor this episode. I just want to let you know what's out there so you can offer it to the appropriate patient, okay? Uh, Ovelity. I know I'm not saying that right because every time I say it, I say it differently, but it's A U V E L. I-T-Y, Avelity. Under the FDA's description of this combination, it falls under the class of meds called NMDA receptor antagonists. And the way that it works, again, is not completely known, but that combination can actually extend the effect of the dopamine and the norepi uh, reuptake inhibition. And, and this does have really good data. So this medication, again, just recently approved last year, uh, I, I don't think really made it, its its way to, to women's healthcare. Maybe it, it did more so in psychiatry, I'm sure, and in behavioral health circles. But this is something that we cannot forget, especially as we deal with women's health, because this may be something that our patients could benefit from if they meet you know, the, the correct criteria. So if you haven't been able to tell, yes, I'm pretty fascinated by this dextromethorphan antidepressant thing, okay? I think that's pretty neat. But I want to be very clear here. I am absolutely not advocating for you to go to your neighborhood pharmacy, buy some dextromethorphan off the shelf, and try to self-medicate you, okay? To try to medicate yourself. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about doing this through the appropriate FDA-approved medications under medical supervision so that nobody gets in trouble because people have absolutely Absolutely, what Dr. Bublitz said is correct. They have absolutely tried to abuse dextromethorphan in over-the-counter medications because of that, you know, potential euphoria feel. And this is nothing new. This this got a lot of attention back in 2006. And so you do have to be careful with this. It's not an abuse type of medication, but people have abused it because it makes them feel pretty good, all right? And I'm not advocating for that. Plus, if you're already on certain medications, dextromethorphan can really jack you up some, okay? So be careful. So if you are on, on an SSRI or an MAOI antidepressant already, dextromethorphan can increase toxicity. It can give you like a serotonin-like syndrome. So be careful with it. Take it seriously and do not, and be very clear, I am not advocating for you to go to your neighborhood pharmacy and pick up dextromethorphan by yourself. I am advocating it once you have an appropriate diagnosis of major depressive disorder, whether it's unipolar or bipolar. Uh, and by the way, it's also being looked at in, in other indications, including stroke and traumatic brain injury, but that's for another subject for another day. But to use this appropriately with the appropriate combination of medications uh, for uh, for antidepressive effect. 
So to be clear, I am not saying to go medicate yourself. Come on, guys, this would be legit. And don't tell your patients to go self-medicate themselves with dextromethorphan. But I am giving this out uh, as a cautionary note that, like everything else, every good thing abused can be bad. And just to be on label, the FDA did approve this in August of 2022, and it was approved for the treatment of major depressive disorder in adults. So this goes back to that original, you know, Facebook uh a question that I received, which was, man, if only we had something that really worked that fast for major depressive disorder. And the truth is we do. Uh, and we've had it for a year. Uh, and again, I just think, I think it's so uh, sad that sometimes it just takes such a long time to, from approval to actually get the word out. And of course, more importantly, to get things covered by insurance so our patients can actually afford it. Um, but, but this has been out for a year. So I thought it'd be interesting just as a very quick episode uh, to put this out there because, you know, nothing wrong with SSRIs or bupropion by itself. But this is why we have to keep aware of the data. And for example, why we're not giving, you know, amitriptyline or tricyclics as our first line antidepressant anymore. I mean, it, my goodness, those have a place, but the side effects of those things now uh, just outweigh their benefit. And I haven't written for a TCA in like 15 years <laughs> because there's better options. And this is the reason that I'm doing this is just to to put the word out that there are better options, especially for patients with major depressive disorder, unipolar depression. It is being looked at for bipolar as well uh, that has you know, depressive uh, features or, or depressive uh, symptoms uh, that predominate. So this is an important issue, and I hope you found this interesting and helpful. All right, everyone. And with that, I am off to my simulation. Just a little quick episode here. I thought this was super interesting. Uh, and as I just mentioned, I really do hope you found this interesting and helpful. Uh, let me know what you think. As always, we're thankful for you and we're glad that you're part of our podcast community. We'll see you on another episode of Clinical Pearls.